Hello. Uh, hi, we're here to conduct a performance review. I was looking for Jamie. I am just the coffee boy, but I've recently been promoted to in charge of everything. So oh. if anything's wrong, then it's the previous guy's fault. 100%. I'll take you through to the guy who's actually responsible. How about that? Right, let's see him. All right, let's. I think he's he's doing important stuff under this table here. I don't want to come out. Important documents under that table. Yeah, very. I think. Very important. Tell you what, Ian, I'll get you a coffee just as you like it. Actually, you don't even like coffee. I'm a terrible intern. I'll get you a tea just as you like it if you come out from underneath the table. Okay. Excellent. Ian, is this where my Patreon money's going? <laughs> Our executive producers oh. might be here to check up on you. Are you guys here again? Yeah, we are. It hasn't um, been that long since the last pe- last performance review. What are you doing here? Uh, really well, looking for Jamie. Well, he's gone. He's off on travels, off to find himself or something. I guess. Oh, forget so, it then. Forget it. Look, look. Why? Why don't you have a have a seat? Have a seat. Do, record something with us. You know, you you like doing that. Mm. You like getting behind the mic. You know, like you used to. Like likes a strong word, but we'll give it a go. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Good enough for me. Yeah. Uh, ah, my tea. Thank you. Well, let's take your headphones on then, Ian. God, we're training Ian up here to be the the new co-host. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. Here's a question for you, um, just straight off the bat. Uh, everyone's called Ian? Um, everyone's called Ian. Everyone here's Ian. It yes. makes things a lot simpler. We are joined once again by our executive producers, uh, Kathleen and Fiona from the Lucky Sparrow Games Cafe. Say hello, folks. Hello, folks. Hello. So what is the Lucky Sparrow Games Cafe? And thank you very much for your continued and generous uh, donations to our patron. It's very, very generous of you. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Lucky Sparrow Game Cafe and what you folks have been up to recently. Yeah, you feel that one. Um, it's a, a, lucky, a lucky Sparrow Games Cafe, as far as a Lucky Sparrow Games Cafe goes. It's a games cafe. It's good. No, you don't, don't, well, don't feel well, that one. That was only pathetic. for sparrows? <laughs> uh, um, there's a little tiny sparrow that sits at the window and welcomes people in. Oh, like a live one. No, no, that'd be creepy. It's, just, it's, it's a plastic one. Because <laughs> that's definitely less creepy. Definitely less creepy. Kathleen, that was rubbish. This is the promo <laughs> bit. You have to say, the Lucky Spiral Games Cafe is a games cafe at 1091 Pollock Shores Road full of sexy people. Right? Awesome. Yeah, that, I'll, just use, I'll just use that. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. And this is Brainwaves episode 43, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of 17th of February, 2020. The bell tolls for a notorious Kickstarter fulfillment company. Wizards Coast looks to the stars. And Root and Gloomhaven fight out to be the acest. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. We reported on issues with Golden Bell back in episode 34 of Brainwaves when we were talking about the Unbroken Kickstarter. Golden Bell is a company that's come under fire from multiple Kickstarter campaigns for late delivery and distribution problems. Effectively, Golden Bell are a Kickstarter fulfillment company of sorts. They approach or Kickstarter campaigns or have done over the last few years and have basically said, we will do your distribution for you, do your warehousing, help with production, all that kind of stuff. The sort of nitty gritty of actually producing a game. 
Now, uh, Golden Bell have actually been kicked off Kickstarter recently. Uh, the company has been outright threatening to people critical of them. They've even been taking one woman onto the People's Court, which is a popular show in America. And Golden Bell Studios lost their case on the People's Court and have had to pay out some money and uh, have taken a bit of a hit to reputation. And alongside this, Kickstarter have kicked them off the platform. In a recent update to a campaign that Golden Bell were involved with, Kickstarter said this, Hi there, this is Kickstarter's trust and safety team. We're reaching out to you about a designated collaborator on your account, Golden Bell. Due to numerous infractions of our rules, guidelines, and terms of use, Golden Bell will no longer be afforded collaborator privileges on Kickstarter. Their associated accounts have been suspended, and with that, their ability to access your project. We know that this may present an inconvenience, but we've done this in order to protect Kickstarter's ecosystem. This decision is not negotiable. Yeah, basically, Kickstarter have gone boot goodbye Golden Bell because they've had so many infringements. I felt really sorry for uh, the gentleman behind the Unbroken Kickstarter because he was basically left between a rock and a hard place and several of the Kickstarters have been left in the same position. Have you guys, maybe, has anyone here backed something that's been involved with Golden Bell? I don't think I have. Thankfully not, no. No, Likewise. I don't, yeah, I've not really backed anything on, on Kickstarter. It's, it looks really good, but there's a lot of people that's like, oh, it's great if you want to get a game seven years in advance like, <laughs> so yeah i mean there are all sorts of associated problems with kickstarter I, I like i backed oath recently and i will not get that till january next year they do have a print and play of it out which is nice and some companies are doing a little bit more for that but yeah i think this is just one of those cases where because kickstarter is becoming so huge and as we were reporting in the last brainwaves episode board games especially are massive and huge amounts of money come in we're bound to see people trying their luck, basically. I mean, that's that's what this is, isn't it? It's I mean, this is what what service are they providing? Because what they're doing is they're they're saying we'll take the the hard stuff, we'll take the manufacture, the distribution. Um, what they're doing is they're trying to be a publisher without any financial outlay. And I kind yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Actually, I kind of yeah. wonder why Kickstarter would allow that. Well, Kickstarter and allowing things on their platform well, is true. a yeah. topic of of some annoyance for myself. Uh, they they have a bunch of rules and guidelines and that kind of thing on the site, but they frequently break their own rules and allow stuff on there that really shouldn't be. And I think this comes this sort of thing comes out of the blue a little bit because they are so flexible with their own terms of use and guidelines and all that kind of stuff on their site and it would be nice for kickstarter to be a little bit more diligent about this kind of thing but i don't think they really can be they just have to sort of take them one at a time because of the way they treat their own rules it's kind of disappointing and i think they're going to run into more problems over the next few years but anyway from kickstarter nonsense onto new game studios from wizards of the coast ian so this is the news that Wizards of the Coast have formed a new computer game studio called Arkwright Entertainment. They're bringing on two Bioware uh, veterans, both Chad Robertson and James Olin, who and Bioware are the company behind Mass Effect and other huge RPGs. Olin will be the head of the studio and has been the lead designer on games like Baldur's Gate, Star Wars The Old Republic, and Dragon Age Origins, whereas Robertson was previously at Bioware Austin, where he served as head of technology and studio director. Archetype's debut project is described as a multi-platform role-playing game set in an all-new science fiction universe that will send players on a story-driven epic where choices they make will have real consequences on how their story unfolds. Which, as Ian said earlier before the casts, doesn't really mean much. 
Uh, <laughs> no, it really doesn't. <laughs> pretty generic. Uh, the property will be set outside of the D&D and Magic franchises. So this is a good move for Wizards of the Coast, as they've recently branched in far more into digital products with Magic Arena, which has apparently been absolutely huge for them. So it's interesting to see this card and board game company really push into the video games industry, whereas a lot of the time we've been seeing it kind of go the other way around. Yeah, it's an interesting one, this, because... Like we're seeing, I think we're seeing more crossover between computer games and board games. Like we've had sort of some crossover stuff in the past, like Doom board game things like that. But yeah, I think we're seeing more of this now. We've got like things like the Rebellion Game Studio crossover yeah. between computer games and then coming the other way into board games. And uh, yeah, I think we're just going to see more cross pollination in these kind of games. The description sounds like it might be geared towards a bit more of a choose-your-own-adventure sort of idea, where there's a wee bit more exploration. You can't really, like you're saying, it's difficult to tell with that description, but it sounds sort of choose-your-own-adventure-y. When they say, um, so the the quote is, um, it will send players on a story-driven epic where choices will have real consequences and other story falls. Are you getting, um, again, this is a feeling of dread, are you getting fable, uh, spore, (laughs) right? Right? Because it's definitely not going to be that, right? It's it can't be. Who knows what they've got up their sleeves? Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll see something before the end of the year and see what they've got. So, from one acronym to another, we've got Asdor. Over to you, Ian. So, this is the French equivalent of the Spiel de Yara, the Golden Ace Award. The selection of games that are awarded this specifically relate to games that have been released in the French language. So, sometimes they trail a little bit behind in terms of new releases. So, this year it is Root, Gloomhaven, Res Arcana, and It's a Wonderful World up for the sort of main award. And this is alongside two other awards an Accessible Games Award and a Kids One. Uh, the Accessible Games Award. Features a few games I haven't heard of myself. Oriflama, Fiesta de los Muertos, Draftosaurus, which I have heard of in Little Town. Both, I've heard of both of those. And a kids game one has four games in it. That's Dreamcatcher, Yum Yum Island, Valley of the Vikings, and Rulapik. The only one I've heard in, out of those four is Valley of the Vikings, which I think won the Children's German Game Award this year. Yeah, but I kind of like that it's an award that's revisiting some of the big hits from the last couple of years and mixing them up with some new ones, seeing how they they go against each other. Who do you think is going to win, folks? That's a tough one, actually. Root versus Gloomhaven is just the two hype machines, really. It's the the titans of hype that are both solid games behind the hype. Yeah, they are indeed. And Res Arcana got a lot of hype last year, but it seemed to die off off quite quickly. I, I haven't played Res Arcana. I'd really like to. It sounds like my kind of thing, but because it's such a low player count, I haven't bought it for my own group because i'm generally playing with a few more players than that though there's an expansion coming i used to play with more so yeah res arcana got really strange hype and it was kind of extremely hyped for very short spikes of time whereas root and gloomhaven have just had very sustained hype about them and res arcana just like you heard about it and then suddenly it vanished and then you heard about it again and then it's vanished again yeah, I think Res Arcana had some distribution issues, so that might have been why that happened. It just wasn't available for people to play and talk about. And It's a Wonderful World, I don't know much about it other than people keep billing it as a Seven Wonders killer. That's all about all I know about it. Gloomhaven would win with the largest box, I think, in this category? Certainly the heaviest one as well, yeah. <laughs> that is, I mean, I have a copy of Gloomhaven myself, and that is a chunky, chunky game, but I do love it. It's fantastic. I've actually 3D printed a bunch of scenery for my Gloomhaven, so my box is even more ridiculous. 
Mm-hmm. I've got one of the wooden inserts in my one, so it's even heavier. <laughs> we should. <laughs> what we need to do is weigh our two copies of Gloomhaven and find the ultimate victor. Yeah. See, now you're getting right. into the meta game. This is this is Gloomhaven, <laughs> a level above. Yeah. We, we could start an exercise series of like how, <laughs> what what bo- what board games to like lift and squat and stuff like that to to get the excellent physique that we both have. Yeah. Oh, and I, I'm here, and I can tell you, I, this is a room of beefcakes. Absolutely, definitely, definitely no pasty, pasty white Scottish nerds here. <laughs> That'd be crazy talk. Well, you've got to stay light and lean so you can go bouldering. Obviously, if you're that's the yeah, way to exactly. Go. Especially if you're six foot two like I am, you, you don't want to be carrying any excess weight. <laughs> anyway, enough of this nonsense. Let's uh, get on with the news. So this is the sad news that coronavirus is shutting down factories across China. We've got multiple sources reporting that factories in China are being shut down as their workers are at risk from the from coronavirus. Workers are being asked to stay at home and test their temperature daily or twice daily, and factories must apply for a permit from the Chinese government in order to reopen. Essential factories are obviously at the top of the list and being prioritised, whereas toy factories, board game factories plastic factories are far more down the list. The end result is delays across the board for board game production, combined with the Chinese New Year production issues means that lots of Kickstarters are announcing that they will be at least a month late. To be fair, the entire thing is about the safety of the staff in the factory, and nobody begrudges them being safe and well over getting their board games. One, I think one little thing to add in there, a piece of advice I've seen going around is that if you are receiving packages from China or any of the areas affected by the coronavirus, is to not worry about that because the virus cannot survive the trip on packages and envelopes and that kind of thing. We hope that these factories will get back up and opening, but in the end, like Ian says, the priority has to be the welfare of the workers there. Uh, well, we always start. We always try and put the sort of more serious stuff at the top. But uh, I believe now Fiona has a particular love of a particular Viking game, and there's been some news about that recently, hasn't there? Yep, that's right. Recently in the press, uh, we've had reports of a king piece from Neftafel or Tafel, a Viking board game, being found at a dig in Lindisfarne last year. Um, it's a small sort of blob of swirled blue and white glass, kind of like a like a marble. It's very unusual looking, with a crown of little white glass droplets that have been placed around the outside to to sort of simulate a crown. It's quite weird. It's from a trench dating to the 8th and 9th century, according to lead archaeologist David Pett. And a quote from him, uh, we are starting to get an insight into the actual lives of the people who were at the monastery rather than their cemeteries and their afterlives. What's interesting there, of course, is whether the people were inside the monastery or outside pillaging it and uh, stealing all the illuminated manuscripts. It's a particularly high quality piece. One of the things that's quite interesting about Tafel is it was used by Vikings when they were travelling. So we find quite a lot of Tafel sets on beaches and, and at monasteries with a board has been manufactured on site and the pieces were transported so they would take the pieces with them and then scratch a board on a piece of slate or make it on a piece of wood but normally the pieces we find are like uh, quartz pebbles black pebbles so to have something specifically manufactured like this would be an item of some value 
And you, you've you've made your own set as well, haven't you? Fiona? I remember you carrying around a couple of cons I've been to. Yeah, I'm insufferable. Um, I simply will not stop getting people to play me at it. Uh, I made a set in my shed before going to Tabletop Scotland in 2018, and I have not stopped going on about it since. It is the best game, I think, in the world. I have experienced this in person at Lucky Sparrow Cafe, and thankfully played against Anna rather than who is also new to Tafel, rather than get utterly destroyed by Fiona. <laughs> what's, um, what's quite interesting as well is we got married recently and one of our wedding presents from our friends was a Tafel set that they had made for us. Um, and it's made, all the pieces are made with, is it uh, Deerhorn? Yeah, it's Deerhorn, yeah. Yeah, it's wow. incredible. And the king's like a big pointy one and it's it's really, really, really lovely. Um, but yeah, that seems to be our thing now, Tafel. That's what we're associated with. <laughs> <laughs> Whether Catherine likes it or not, that's happened. <laughs> uh, at the moment, they're, um, they're sort of quite hard to get hold of, actually. Uh, we're sort of looking at manufacturing them. I do some uh, print and play ones, and I'll put a link to that in your show notes, if that's okay. Um, yeah. So folk can learn the game with five and one pence pieces it's scaled for. But yeah, they're quite hard to get hold of. So just come to the cafe. Ha ha ha. Which cafe is that? The Lucky Spiral Games Cafe at 1081 Polish Road. Uh, <laughs> Whereabouts in Glasgow was that again? Sorry. 1099, uh, 1091 Polish Road, uh, close to Cross Mill train station. Yeah, we, we've got one that used to have a little gold ring in the middle for the king, and then someone stole it. And now what we have is we glued a euro to one of the pieces, and at least once a day we have someone come in and go, do you know there's a pound coin sitting there on that game? Do you want me to give you that wee pound coin? And you get that all the time, all day, and you have to go, no, it's a euro, it's the king, this ring gets stolen. So everybody that wants to know, we know that that's sitting there in the game. <laughs> well, what should we do next, Jamie? I'm Anian. Aww. Well, I miss, I miss Jamie. Yeah, me too. Do you know what we could do? We could go to the RPG corner, just to reminisce. Oh, you, you haven't been there yet, have you? I've actually not. I heard it was full of lizards, though. No, that's just something we tell the interns so they don't go there. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, let's go there. What's in this corner? Looks like RPG Here you going? Um, I, I did get a new smoking jacket made for you. It's embroidered and everything. And I, of course, the executive producers have their own because they've got their own bit of RPG corner. It's more like an RPG square, really. But, when you, you know. say smoking jacket, <laughs> is the jacket supposed to be smoking? Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally slightly on fire. Excellent. Yeah, it's it's nothing to worry about. Just much. checking. Yeah. So we'll pour ourselves some nice tall glasses of well, whatever you want. Really, there's a there's a little bar over there. And uh, just get your own drinks and we'll sit down and relax and chat about the RPG news, I guess. Um, so, uh, well, first up, we've got some data, well, a lot, a lot of data out of Roll20. This is a sort of snapshot of what got played on the online role-playing platform Roll20. If you haven't used it, it's a basically an online platform where you can host D&D games, Blades in the Dark, all sorts of things on there. 
you can put like little miniatures table the whole sort of tabletop dungeons all kind of thing just virtually online it's a really good little system at the moment uh, this is from the fourth quarter so the last quarter of last year and D&D, of course, sits atop that, or games played, followed by a bunch of uncategorized games. That's games that didn't have a system in their in their sort of category system. And then followed by Call of Cthulhu and Pathfinder, though it wasn't specific about whether that's first or second edition Pathfinder. Uh, one of the other charts to come out of that data was the systems with the largest growth on the platform. Uh, top of that pile is a free fantasy RPG called Iron Sworn, which I hadn't heard of previously. Uh, followed closely by basic role playing or BRP, which is the system which powers things like Cthulhu, and th- then the velocity system, which, as best I can tell, is some kind of homebrew system, kind of like Fate. Uh, and I was personally delighted to see Forged in the Dark system in there, uh, about eight down for, on terms of growth. That's a power. That's the system that powers uh, my personal favorite, Blades in the Dark, and another game I've run called Scum and Villainy. Also good to see Lancer down the bottom there at number ten. That's a new indie RPG about mechs and their pilots, and it's got a mix of sort of RPGs and tactical play. Hoping to get a game of that sometime this year. So yeah, a little bit of interesting data there of Roll Twenty, because it's it's quite hard to get this kind of data actually. The industry's a bit protective of it sometimes. It's a little hard to see that kind of thing. Well. You you folks run some role playing games in the shop, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, what what sort of? I, I presume D and D is the main one you run. It is um, fifth edition D and D right now. We started on was it three point five or four? Well, uh, listen, I'm showing my cut me in half count the rings. I started in A D and D. Well, <laughs> I was I was quite happy to see three point five on the list that it's still sort of it's still yeah yeah it's still getting used. I like it, but yeah, we we exclusively run fifth edition D and D and uh, Traveller. All right, okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're on we're on classic traveller because I hate myself, and having one job wasn't enough. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> if you, if you're not familiar with it, just simply simply look it up on uh, Google Images and bathe in a wall of tables. And and the and the possibility of your character dying during character creation. That's yeah. That's the thing everyone says about it, but it's like a, it's not like a novelty. Like it really happens. And we've got yeah. a, a a regular that's he died in game, so we thought we'll generate a new character five times in an hour. He died before getting into the game. <laughs> so <laughs> that is obscene. Yeah, apart from us running games, we've there's also like a million other people that play. What is it, Numenera? Yeah, Shrag- we see Numenera and we see Witcher. Yeah, um, Witcher. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, you want to see other systems, but it's just like from a, from a practical point of view, you know, we've we've got to pay the rent. And when you when you say role playing games, people think it's going to be D and D. Well, Ian, if you just reach up there, you'll find a bunch of free league games, and if you just read those down, you'll find a little bit of news up there about them as well, I think. This is the news that Free Legan, the Free League, who are the publishers of Tales from the Loop, The Flood, and the recently released Alien RPG, are launching their own equivalent to the DMs Guild called the Free League Workshop on Drive Through RPG. They are providing some templates for Word and InDesign, and there are guidelines about what you can and can't publish on the workshop. And they should come as no surprise to anyone that they include that you cannot publish homophobia, racism, criminal violence against children, etc. Creators can charge any amount they want and get 50% of the total price. This is in line with the same cut that wizards take from the DMs Guild. Drive Through RPG takes 30 to 35% of regular content. It's a big cut, really, but I guess you get Free League and Wizards sort of advertising power and heft behind your project get get your name out there a little bit as someone who creates this kind of content it is a bit cut yeah it it makes me wonder is this the value basically are you 
saying this is the value that they are providing to you, you've got to really cost it out in your head. Mm, it, it seems it seems rough to me. It seems quite hard to justify fifty percent because you know, like you're saying, the prices are going to have to go up to. So you know, people are going to have to make some money off of this, right? It, you, yeah. If you're putting this out for sale, it's not a hobby. And if they're taking fifty percent, you're putting the price up. Equivalent products are available on the same website on Drive Through RPG. They're just not through um, DM Skill, for instance, or through this this new uh, free league workshop. Is that going to improve sales? Mm. So uh, our, our our beautiful, lovely executive producer, we just like to come downstairs with us. We've got a, a new bit, uh, a bit of renovation that we've uh, put oh. in with some of your before, excellent. Before cash. we go, um, which one's beautiful and which one's lovely? And both. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you just like to sit in these comfy seats we'll um strap you in and uh, we'll just mm. put these on your heads mm. nothing like that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah if you can fire if you can fire up the devices please and uh yeah we'll uh, make sure we're, you're telling the truth and answering truth as we stick these okay, thinking caps in your device head device one thinking device two Thinking gap. Are you Actually, sure you want me to fire up this third one, Ian? It looks a bit funny. I I don't have the plutonium for it yet, so it's <laughs> it's not ready. Oh no! Wait, it's just the coffee machine. Sorry. Of course, the two of you uh, run uh, the Lucky Sparrow Games Cafe, and we just wanted to sort of get your thoughts on on that kind of venture. There's a lot of them across the UK now. What was it that made you first want to set up the Games Cafe? We uh, we were all friends at university, and we played endless amounts of Dungeons and Dragons, and we just really really enjoyed. We enjoyed doing that. Then we went to Tabletop Scotland, and we started to eventually play more and more board games. And we were coming to the end of our degree. And the arts, thinking, <laughs> not sure if we're all going to get full-time jobs here, but we all, you know, we're all best friends. What can we all do together? And we thought this would be really cool if we could all do this and something that we enjoy and bring enjoyment to other people's lives, hopefully. And then it all start, just started coming together, didn't it? Yeah, and I'll give a shout out here as well, actually, to Unboxed Games Cafe and Air, because we went there and, honest to God, literally just copied the entire business. We used to go in there and we just lifted the full thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've not actually managed to get through to Air to visit them yet. Oh, they're really, ni- they're really nice guys, um, and I would strongly recommend them. Do you, so you have a library of games in the cafe as well for people to borrow, or, or do people just bring in their own stuff? We've got a library of games. We're at about um, going on about two hundred now, which is wow. well, it it sounds good, uh, but it means we've had to start. To, well, actually, it is a little bit good because it means some of the really crap ones we can get rid of to stop making the place look so full, <laughs> <laughs> like the filler. <laughs> And are those games like supplied to you by companies looking to promote their games, or is it stuff you're just buying with profits from the shop, or is it a mix of the two? Yeah, a mixture. Yeah. Uh, well, we had a lot. Uh, we had some of our own games. Then we bought games that we thought were going to be really popular. So like Catan, and then getting some role playing books in that we thought were going to be worthwhile. Pandemic, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then Big Potato were great with us. Their games are uh, cracking. I love Big Potato. Yeah. yeah. Big fan of them. Yep. Yeah, Scroll's scr- scr- my game of the year last year. Oh, Scroll is so good. Hard yeah. agree. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's excellent. Then we started getting like people just coming off the street saying, oh, I live really close and it's really nice to see something different in the street and this is something that I think will bring the community together. I have seven games that I don't use in the house. Would you like them? And we keep getting stuff like that and it's so lovely. Yeah, so we've got a whole load of stuff that has been acquired from people just wanting the cafe to do well. Oh, that's great. That's really nice. Any Anything that you've bought yourselves for the cafe that you sort of regretted having on the shelves, like hasn't quite managed to get to tables or hasn't been the pit that you thought it might be? Well, one thing, we again, we didn't buy this. Uh, it was sent to us from the lovely people at uh, Big Potato. They make, they've got this obsession with stinky games. Are you familiar with this? No. This has passed me by. Right. So, for good reason. They keep manufacturing versions of their games, but it's like the smelly version. So they sent us Bucket of Doom, uh, one of their games. It's like a, the idea of the game is got to get yourself out of some sort of horrifying scenario. And it, it comes in the form factor of a bucket you may have inferred. But this was Bucket of Doom Toxic Edition. Uh, and we opened it and it smelled so bad, I had to put it in the lane outside the cafe. <laughs> um, it's so bad. It was, it's so smelly. It was chemical warfare. Um, you cannot send someone that in the post. So <laughs> I guess that counts. Wow. Um, Is it still in the cafe? Uh, it's. It went in the black bin. Wow. <laughs> Not even recycled. No, honestly, it was. No, I couldn't. It, it was so bad that. Uh, no, it's gone. <laughs> So you you mentioned sort of the community aspect there. Do you do do you run a sort of a lot of clubs? Do you reach out to the local community with the sort of running sort of beginner sessions and that kind of thing? What sort of, what sort of events do you put on in the cafe? Yeah, we do a lot of stuff for beginners because we're really really keen on expanding the hobby. We don't just want the same, you know, however many people there are in Glasgow right now. The hobby's got to expand, so we're we're really keen on beginner stuff. We've got, we've got a group called the Southside Gaming Initiative who come in and teach role playing concepts at like the most fundamental level. So like, not how do you play D anD D, but like how do you role play, um, which is really cool because it seems it, it's the sort of stuff that might seem sort of in, inherent to like us sort of hardened nerds. But if you're coming in off the street, that can be quite intimidating. Other than that, plenty of school groups, plenty of. All our D&D games that we run are beginner-friendly, which is a laugh because sometimes people come in for the first ever game at level 8. Sadie, on Saturday there, ran a workshop on how to DM, which seemed to do really well because there's a lot of people that play a lot of games. It seemed to be people that do play a lot of games but have no, had no idea how to run a game and they were interested to do so. And that that went really, really well. And that was, that was for D&D, but we also teach aspects of Traveller in that respect as well for people who are interested. But to be clear, teaching aspects of traveller at the end of that, you get a undergraduate degree. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, in like advanced mathematics. Yeah. yeah, is that only if you survive? Yeah, probably. Uh, so just before we started recording, you said that you'd stopped sort of selling and supporting magic in the shop. What led you to you taking that decision, and how's it worked out? So, so we still like we have stopped, and we're we're probably going to still keep buying in boosters. We don't want to be a magic cafe. None of us play magic. We're knowledgeable about it because we had to be because it's our job. But like, you don't open up a games cafe because you want to run someone else's business. And I don't want to run Wizards of the Coast business, right? And the, they have quite an intense relationship with their cafes, with Wizards Play Network uh, venues. For some people, that works great. It wasn't really appropriate for us. And it just, to be honest, it just died. It didn't make any money. Oh, fair enough. So we're now, we could, we're now at a point where we can make money without having to run Magic. There's so many other places in Glasgow that run Magic every yeah. night of the week that it's I not like... I can only imagine. Yeah. So 
Um, it, it's good because it sort of clears up table space, <laughs> you know, in a sort of practical sense. We're trying to really target role playing because there's there's board game cafes, there's magic cafes, and then role playing tends to be something they'll have on really late at night, or you can do it while there's forty five children playing magic in the same room. So we're really focusing down on it. Cool. So, so what's the or the future plans for the cafe? Then you got anything sort of big plan for this year or the next um, expansion, moving that kind of thing? I um I recently started watching Witcher, and I. I really, really want to learn it and start running that in the cafe. I'm so excited about it. So I, I'm quite focused. I'm, I'm usually doing. I'm the one that does the horror games in the cafe. Um, right, sure. So it, it looks, it looks really cool. So I'd like to start to do a bit more of that. Well, um, checking these machines here. I think we've recorded your personalities correctly, so we'll store those for later. Oh, yeah, everything's okay. fine. Great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just take all that stuff off. We'll get you out of these chairs, and um, yeah, let's get this thing wrapped up. Thinking cap deactivated. So we close on the more monopoly news, which is the hardest news yes! I've ever had to Google. This is a new version. Will be announced on Thursday. Recording. So we are recording this on a Tuesday. In two days, there will be a new Monopoly version announced. It's a 20-way beauty contest to determine the new UK city to get a custom Monopoly board. Salisbury, Chester, Coventry, Durham, Truro, and Ely are in the running. And the contest name is a great pun, but as one of the most iconic cards in the original Monopoly set is called Beauty Contest, it's impossible to Google. <laughs> but no, no, no doubt there'll be an announcement of that and we will try and share that on our social media feeds when this cast finally goes out so we'd just like to take a wee sh- uh, thanks to our patrons and uh, thank our uh, excellent executive producers for coming along today so uh, do you think the new boy is up to muster? oh well I wasn't I wasn't sure but Monopoly News really sold me uh, because as you know I am the only person on earth that cares <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean that's why we do it yeah <laughs> Anyway, if you'd like to get extended versions of the main cast, and this one will be very extended by the looks of the running time I'm looking at right now, uh, you can sign up to our Patreon. That is $1 a month, and that will get you access to extended versions of this cast and our Idle Thoughts podcast, which is the team chatting about their most recent game-playing experiences. That The January version of Idle Thoughts will be available by the time this cast goes out on Monday the 17th. And I'd also just like to give a wee shout out to Dicebreaker, who have recently put up an article about counterfeit board games, which is a really interesting read. And we will link to that in the show notes as usual. Our glorious executive producers, where can people find you on the interweb of things? Uh, they can find us on Twitter at, at the Lucky Sparrow, uh, on Facebook as Lucky Sparrow Games Cafe, and at uh, 1091 Polishers Road, which is Meat Space, not online. And I know that's what you said, but I'm getting the plug in there anyway. Oh, we also have Lucky Sparrow Gaming Groups, which is quite important because it's just a like a group for everybody that wants to meet up with friends and they want to say, listen, hi, I'd like to play this game. Who else wants to play? And everyone can comment on that that would like to come along. So that's cool. We will put links to all of that in the show notes. Well, this has thoroughly cheered me up after missing Jamie a little bit at the start. I think... Hey. I think we'll we'll keep we'll keep the new guy around. Who's exactly. Jamie? Who's Producers? Jamie? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, this is this is yeah. This feels right. I've forgotten about him already. It does. I mean, two Ian's. What comedic potential that is. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway thank folks thanks very much for listening if you like what you've listened to then the best way to help us out is to share the podcast and drop us a review and rating on itunes and you can also follow us on twitter we're just at the giant brain instagram giant brain uk facebook the giant brain our website is giantbrain.co.uk and if you'd like to shoot us a suggestion for a brainstorm uh, just drop us a letter anything like that then email us at giantbrainuk at gmail.com thank you very much for coming along folks it's been a pleasure to see you i'm glad the inspection has gone well thank you for having us yeah thank you thanks very much lovely coffee thank you always happy to help if you want any tips on making coffee then i am your man <laughs> plenty of experience <laughs> literal years of experience in the basement of the brainwaves hq yeah i can just pop into the cafe start making coffee straight away easy <laughs> you're hired <laughs> damn it <laughs> uh, thanks very much folks goodbye <laughs>